Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Tuesday, May the 16th, and our top story today is that there are calls for a Kent councillor to be sacked after suggesting it's the in thing to have a child with special educational needs. Simon Webb, who represents Maidstone, made the comments during a committee meeting and suggested the authority should be restricting the number of education, health and care plans. My angle of question, or the angle of detail that I would like is where are the gatekeepers here? So if I'm a parent who thinks that their child needs an EHCP, because that's the in thing to do as a parent these days, um, who's going to turn around and say no? Who's going to do those initial assessments? Is it the nursery? Is it the early years? Is it key stage one? Is it key stage two? Is it, do we have to wait to secondary? It's those type of uh, gatekeepers that, that I'd like to be reassured that they are securely in place. The other point I'd ask for, is it possible for us to visit another local authority or authorities to understand how they work and how they, I'm going to say this and I'm probably be shot to bits, is how they restrict the number of EHCPs, whereas we don't. And I know we've got a, we, you know, it's great that we've got this catch-all where we are helping to support hundreds and hundreds of children that maybe we shouldn't. Other authorities don't. Is, is that possible? Well, there's been an angry response from parents who think he should lose his job over what they claim are derogatory comments. Committee Chair Perry Cole did raise concerns about what he said at the time. I'm not entirely comfortable with your choice of term restrict EHCPs. That, that, you know, if, if a child is, is worthy of, of receiving that um, uh, fine, um, and, and I would sincerely hope it's, it's not the ambition of this authority to, to, to set some kind of quota level for people across Kent. But later on in the meeting, Councillor Sarah Hudson, who represents Morling, caused further outrage. I'm aware of many families who have never ever once taken their own child to school because the state pays for a cab to take that child to school even though it might only be up the road and that they're perfectly capable of driving themselves because neither of them work. So it's, it's, do we make transport means tested in terms of, you know, because this is what, this is what people are doing. They're deliberately choosing that route because they see all the add-ons um, that come with it and think, well, this is bloody good. Let's go for it. Now, Kent Pact, which is a forum set up for parents of children and young adults with disabilities and additional needs, said it was shocked and disgusted at the comments. A spokesman for the organisation has sent us a statement. It says, we have written to the committee chair requesting a formal apology to SEND families and until significant changes are made, we will no longer be attending meetings. A public apology to the families of Kent by members would be an appropriate response given the severity of their conduct. Well, Kent County Council recently had to be bailed out on its special educational needs and disabilities budget by the government and was told it must bring its budgets into line quickly, ordering a major shake-up of where children with SEND are taught. Well, the councillor and local authority have been approached for a comment. Plenty of you are having a say on this story 
story today and you can add your views online or via our socials. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today and a teenage boy's been flown to a London hospital after being stabbed at a park in Gillingham. Armed officers and the air ambulance were called to Mill Road, which is not far from the Medway Park Sports Centre last night. A play area was taped off by police who've launched an investigation. A second man's been charged after a teenager was stabbed to death in Dartford. Emergency crews were called to an alleyway off Suffolk Road last month and found the 18-year-old. Another teenager from Greater London was charged with murder two days later. Now a 19-year-old from Southwark has appeared in court accused of assisting a suspect. A man who tried to kill the landlord of a Mepham pub has been jailed for 27 years. Alex Batisto carried out the attack at the Cricketers Inn last bonfire night because he thought the victim was having an affair with his wife. Yesterday, a jury found the 30-year-old guilty of attempted murder. Another man died in the assault as the landlord tried to defend himself. Police have been accused of doing a rush job of investigating incidents of flashing by Sarah Everard's killer Wayne Cousins from Deal. Ex-constable Samantha Lee interviewed the manager of a McDonald's in Swanley just hours before Cousins went on to kidnap and murder Miss Everard in 2021. While a disciplinary hearing's heard she missed a chance to investigate him and lied about her actions, she denies the allegations. Next today, and there are concerns the UK is on the brink of a public health crisis, with parents stealing baby formula to keep their children fed. Figures from First Steps Nutrition show the cost of the cheapest brand has risen by 45% in the past two years. That's also led to fears other parents are turning to potentially dangerous alternatives. Well, I've been speaking to Neil Charlick from the Gillingham Street Angels Food Bank, who've just received a large donation of baby formula. I think crime is going to increase. People are struggling out there. There is a lot of problems out there at the moment. It's just by complete fluke. There's a lot of stories today about baby milk being stolen and now it's going in these protective cases or it's going behind counter. We've very kindly been donated a large quantity of baby milk. So I thought it's good timing for us. It's something we give out all the time anyway, but for us to actually say to people, there is help out there. We can help with this. Please, please don't go and steal it. Shops are struggling the same as all of us. So um, we'd give it away for free. Have you seen an increase in demand for those sorts of products recently? Yeah, nappies, baby milk. I mean, our services in general were kind of stretched to, you know, the maximum we can kind of cope with. 17,000 people last month came through the food bank. But there's other things we do try to help with, whether it's cooking stuff, sanitary wear, clothing, other things we can just to try and take a bit of the pressure off of people that are struggling. Yeah, because families are saying that the cost of formula in particular is, is just skyrocketed. And, and it sounds like they're, they're trying to use alternatives, which obviously could be quite damaging to their to their baby, couldn't it? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's sad. And babies do tend to want one certain kind of milk. I mean, we were very lucky to get this. It's worth thousands, it's probably worth £5,000 what we've got this, um, this, this milk. So it's good that we're able to give it out. I don't want, you know, I think people should have some quality of life. And if it means they want to use cow and gate or a different kind of brand, they should be able to use that rather than have to put the baby in danger. They could be putting the baby in danger, giving it the wrong kind of thing. You know, witness something on a different kind of level at the moment with someone giving a pet stuff that they shouldn't be giving it that, again, could be harmful because they just can't afford to buy dog food. I think people are struggling out there across the board in a lot of different ways. So, Neil, for anyone who is near where you are and, and desperately needs to get hold of some of this formula, what's the best thing for them to do today? Just come along to Skinner Street, the food bank. Um, as you're aware, we've met many times now. It's not non-judgmental, so people can just come along and take the stuff. You don't have to fill any forms in, don't have to prove that you need it. Just come along, friendly faces there, have a chat.
They'll give you some baby milk. Kent Online reports. A dad of two found dead during a fishing trip to a lake in Ashford has been described as big-hearted and who was there for everyone. Josh Bullock was discovered unresponsive in a tent at Conningbrook Lakes last Tuesday. The 29-year-old was due to become a dad for the third time later this year. So far, more than £3,000 has been raised in his memory to help support his family. A hospital worker from Chatham who lent money to a friend then ripped her off as she repaid it has avoided being sent to prison. Malai Gambrill handed out £3,000, then demanded the same amount again after already being repaid more than 4000 The 54-year-old from Ingle Road has been ordered to do 150 hours of unpaid work. Investigations are underway after World War II medals were stolen during a robbery in Gillingham. Thieves broke into a property in the Tanker Hill area in March and also stole cash, diamond earrings and an electric golf trolley with clubs. Police are appealing for any information. A person's been taken to hospital with burns after a fire broke out in the roof of a house in Canterbury. Five fire engines were called to Bridge Road yesterday evening and crews spent about four hours tackling the flames. The victim was treated by paramedics and it's unclear how the fire started. Now, Dr Ranch has been telling the Kent Online podcast how being active and spending time outside can help boost our mental health. He's been speaking as part of Mental Health Awareness Week, which this year is focusing on anxiety. New research shows three quarters of adults are feeling anxious every day with the cost of living crisis adding to normal life pressures. The TV medic who grew up in Medway says we all need to find out what works best for us. There's lots going on right now. There's lots of challenges that people are facing and anxiety can manifest in various different ways. Many people will be familiar with the the sort of psychological aspects, those feelings of worry, stress, restlessness, irritability, mood changes, but sometimes it can manifest in physical ways as well. So your heart rate goes up, uh, you might get reflux, you might feel sick, um, you may get sleep disturbance, headaches, tummy aches, there are other ways that it can show up as well. If you're finding yourself experiencing these things quite a lot, then it's well worth, first of all, doing some simple self-care things, which is what Every Mind Matters is all about. There's lots of free advice and tips on the website on how to do that. But if you're really not managing to to take hold of it and take control of it, then definitely speak to a healthcare professional because you may need, at that point, professional help. And can it take some people quite a long time to realise that anxiety is what they're experiencing? It can do because it can affect different people in different ways. But we know from a recent survey that around three quarters of adults report feeling anxious. So it's quite common. And that can, as as I said before, manifest in different ways. Um, and in terms of dealing with it, there is no one size fits all. It's always worth trying different things. But one of the key things that this campaign is about is the use of movement and physical activity. Less than half of us are aware that physical activity can actually help alleviate those anxious feelings. And it doesn't have to be something like a massive workout or joining the gym or anything like that. Simply moving a little bit more doing something that you do regularly and build into your daily routine, that's what gives you those positive mental health benefits. I know from personal experience, just going for a walk or just getting yourself away from a situation, getting outside can make a huge difference, can't it? Yeah, and um, for people who aren't familiar with doing physical activity, you can start small and build yourself up slowly. I know the NHS recommends that we do 150 minutes of physical activity a week, but not all of us can manage that. And actually, if you're just starting out, that can seem quite daunting. But for me, I say 
something is better than nothing. Do whatever you can within your ability, whether that's going for a walk around the block or going for a jog or whether that's going to a dance class, which is my thing. Um, you know, whatever it is, if it's fun, choose something that you will enjoy. You're more likely to do it regularly. Try and do it with someone else if you want a bit of moral support. If you love walking, pop in a podcast. It distracts you from, you know, the physical act and you can get, you know, focus on something else. And if you if you if you're able to going outside and getting into a green space is really, really positive. There's loads of research that shows that simply just being in nature helps our mental well-being. So if you can do your physical activity there, that's even better. You mentioned there that you like to dance. Obviously, you've kept that up since your days on Strictly. Have you ever experienced anxiety and has dancing really helped you then? Well, I actually experienced quite a lot of it during Strictly. (laughs) Dancing was the cause and actually the remedy I found. And that's why I've continued to dance afterwards. I'm one of these people that really has to motivate myself to do physical activity and I find it a bit of a chore and I don't like going to the gym. I'm not a massive fan of of, of going to the gym or running, but I found that dancing was my way of firstly getting physical activity and without it feeling like a chore because it's fun. You can lose yourself and you can focus on something else entirely. But secondly, it really helped me manage those symptoms of anxiety and it really helped calm my anxious feelings down and I still do it to this day for both those reasons. Kent Online reports. People living in a Kent town fear the landscape could be changed forever if plans for the latest stage of a multi-million pound seafront development are given the go-ahead. Now, a huge block of flats could be built on the car park at Folkestone Harbour Arm, as well as parking spaces. It's feared sea views would also be lost. There are also concerns that making a housing estate along the beach will impact tourism. Well, our reporter Oliver Leonard has been speaking to lifelong Folkestone resident Georgina Baker. I've looked at the architecture and I don't think it's aesthetically pleasing. Uh, there's certain sections on the, on the work that, that are okay, but there's one um, piece right on the end of the harbour, which is, it's a, it's a real blot on, on the landscape. It reminds me of a bit like the Burston, really. It's, it's so high and it, and it really detracts from the really beautiful sea view that we have here. And what one are you referring to? Um, so it's at the end, so on, on the architectural um, uh, buildings, uh, there is, uh, one that sticks right at the end of the harbour. So it would be mm. the, the furthest point where you would be looking at the lighthouse, for instance. So looking across from the harbour, from the walkway, that that building that they, they have put on, on the architectural design um, looks really ugly. Um, that's my point of view. Um, but I would think that the people of Folkestone, the residents, um, may have a similar thought on that. But Alan Rees has a totally different opinion on the plans. I think it's really good. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it, it adds modern influence to the harbour, uh, but also keeping some of the traditional sort of streetscapes that uh, they mention. I think it's exciting, modern and exciting. Um, and I think it's what it's what basically Folkestone needs uh, to make it a destination centre. The provision of new homes is also what is needed, but my only concern is is that um, the, the homes are likely to be expensive mm. and not 
uh, not necessarily affordable for a lot of local residents. So that would be my only. I think I got told 8% affordable homes is what I was told earlier. Mm, yeah, that's, well, that's a start. But, uh, but I think it will attract uh, a lot of well-to-do people who would then spend a lot of money in the local economy. Mm. So there's a positive to that as well. So uh, anything else that you thought need, like, needs to be considered before this goes ahead? I've uh, spoken to a few people today about park, parking. Um, yeah, that was one of the first questions I asked when I went into the exhibition, yeah. was about the parking. Um, and what did, they, what did they tell you? Well, they're, they're, they say that they're still working on it. Mm. Um, and that's, that is a little concerning, because I would have thought that would have been thought through before. One the, of the first, yeah. yeah. So, but they're planning to apparently uh, purchase land from the council further along the seafront. Um, but it's a big car parking area which they're taking over, and I'm not sure if they can reach the same capacity with new facilities. We're told a full detailed planning application for the Harbour Arm proposals is set to be submitted to Folkestone and Hythe District Council by September. You can see pictures of what it would look like by heading to the story on the website. Elsewhere, plans for a new little store on Sheppey could face delays after concerns were raised by National Highways. The new site at Cowstead Corner in Queenborough could create up to 40 jobs. However, roads bosses say the new store would be really near to the junction of the A249 and A25000, where delays are already common. They want their concerns addressed before the project goes ahead. A cafe near Ashford has been served a one-star food rating after raw meat was found being stored with ready-to-eat foods. Inspectors visited the Blue and White Cafe in Hythe Road in Smeath earlier this year. They also found dirty and greasy surfaces and food being defrosted in a sink. Well, bosses have been given instructions on how to clean up their act and will have the chance to be re-evaluated. An Uber customer in Kent has been left confused after a journey of less than two miles cost him over £45. The accountant was charged the taxi fare after travelling from his home in Borstal to Rochester Station. Admittedly, he says he didn't check the reservation, assuming it would cost around a fiver. Well, he contacted the company who said he'd agreed to the price when he reserved the trip and he was left to pay. Kent Online News. Now, fundraising is underway to try and buy a defibrillator for a preschool in Maidstone. Bosses at Tiny Treasures in Tovel have been telling the podcast how it could be used by the whole community. We've been speaking to owner and manager Laura Skinner and her deputy, Carly Norris. We've always had a plan to do it. Obviously, they are ex- extremely expensive. Um, we've always had the plan to do it, um, but we've never really took it up on that plan, have we? Yeah, there's always been something else to come, not above it, but we all, we're all we all first aid trained, so we know what we're doing, um, and other plans kind of get in the way of that. Um, but we've, we've now got a little boy in our care um, who is suffering from seizures. Um, his mum has already had to resuscitate him twice. Um, so we want him in settings so he can still learn and no cherish cherish the moments of early years um but just to have that on site is just that extra peace of mind um for me myself it would be more the community side it could help anyone and it can save lives so much quicker than us pumping a chest we want to stress that it's not just for tiny treasures it is for the local community that means that if anyone goes into cardiac arrest 
they can call an ambulance, they will pinpoint where it is, and they will get a code and it can save a life. Um, if it was just for us, it would be locked behind a door and no one would be able to get to it. And that's not what we're about. We're about community. Staying with fundraising and the only independent bookshop in Tunbridge has set up a GoFundMe campaign in a final bid to stay open. The owner of Mr Books in the High Street says the cost of living crisis means they're not making enough each month to keep going. He's already invested £50,000 of his own money and says they need another 10000 to stay afloat. An outdoor theatre company and an arts festival have announced a new collab for the summer season in Kent. As part of Jam on the Marsh, Changeling Theatre is set to perform a double bill of comedies at venues across the county. They've commissioned new music for the tour from Kent-born composer James Aburn as well. The opening performance is on July the 4th. And the Marvel and DC Comic Cons returning to Kent this weekend. Thousands of people are expected to turn up to the event at Quex Park in Birchington on Sunday. This year, organisers are adding other sci-fi fantasy genres including Stranger Things, House of the Dragon, Star Wars, Star Trek and Doctor Who. Well that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok plus you can get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing and to sign up to that you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.